This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. My name is Doug Parker. A review of Virgin Voyages Scarlet Lady this week from Scott Lara. Also, uh, well, yeah, that's about it because staff writer Richard Sims is on a boat right now. He's sailing a Carnival Venezia. Although he wasn't too happy, he was looking forward to that first time getting to go to Half Moon. And of course, the weather we had here a couple of days ago kind of botched that for him. So they had a an extra fun day at sea and then Nassau and enjoy that, Richard. <laughs> All right, Scott Lara, president of MilitaryFairs.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Doug, great to be here, my friend. So before we get to the ship itself, Scott, we'll take a step back. What made you want to take this cruise? Because let's be uh, let's just be real. Like Virgin Voyages it was known when they launched for their millennial crowd. And I'm not going to try to guess your age, but I'm going to say you're not a millennial. <laughs> well, you know, Doug, it's funny because I'm 62 years old, married for 39 years. I have two grown kids, two grandkids that are uh, six and four, and I have one on the way. And I was hesitant about it because I'm thinking, okay, I'm 62 and here's going to be a bunch of 21 year olds, a bunch of, you know, partiers, uh, young people, kind of like, and you and I, you know this, that I was on the Groove Cruise, which uh, EDM, electronic dance music, with a lot of young people. So I was thinking it was going to be like that. Doug, I was so wrong. I stepped on board. And you figure, you know, there's 3,102 passengers on there. I would say that 60% are 40 and above. And there's a lot of young people, but I felt right in my element being on that cruise ship. And yeah, that's what people are saying about um, Virgin Voyages, is that yeah, I'm not a millennial. I don't know. I might be I might be out of my comfort zone because I'm thinking it's dual income, no kids or, you know, 20s and 30s only. I don't want to be the oldest person on the boat at 50 or 60, but it sounds like it's nothing like that. Absolutely, Doug, because the fact of the matter is when Virgin Voyages first came out, and I remember we talked about this, was like, what is their demographic? Is it dual income, no kids? Is it young people? Is it LGBTQ? Who will be sailing? And my concern was, will Richard Branson and the folks that are funding this thing be able to fill these ships. Doug, I cannot tell you how many people were repeat cruisers on the ship. A lot of people are coming back and back and back again, and they're having a blast. Virgin does what MSC does, which is status matching. So if you are at another tier, whether it be, I think it might be an airline, a cruise line, or could even hotel maybe, that you can actually transfer that status to Virgin and get elevated levels. So how does that work though? Like you are, what, what, what did you use? What was your status you brought over? Well, it's called deep blue extras. Okay. And what that is, is that for example, as you know, over 150 days on Holland America line, I'm platinum on carnival over 75 days. And, but you got to dig for this, right? The, it, you got to find out because, and that's why I'm here to tell you, if you go to the Virgin Voyages, deep blue extras, you're going to be able to take your status. Like what I did, my Holland America three-star, I took a screenshot, I sent it to Holland, to Virgin Voyages, and they gave me amazing benefits. A $10 per cabin credit for specialty coffee. They gave me um, priority boarding, which was so cool because you want to you know get to the front. Free laundry, $100 bar tab credit, 
uh, free premium Wi-Fi because you have the regular Wi-Fi for free. And that's where I'm talking about the value of Virgin Voyages. Yeah, it may be a little extra when you look at it, but the value you get and the deep blue extras having that status matching was a total win. So I don't want to go like on a, on a rabbit hole here sure. or a different tangent, but like when you were comparing, is three-star higher than a Carnival Platinum guest would get? Like if you have, let's just say I am high with American Airlines and I'm high with Carnival, how would I decide which one I want to submit to Virgin? That's a good question because, and you can look on Virgin Voyage's website to see what matches, but like I had to decide that myself. Am I going to send them my three-star Mariner which is over 150 days, or am I going to send them my Platinum on Carnival? And they have a chart on their website where you can pick which one you want to send or send them all of them, and then they're going to give you that deep blue extra that's going to give you those extra perks, which really make it totally great. How long did it take to get approved? Oh, man, like two days. Okay. <laughs> I, you know what? This is a quick story here. I, I was on MSC Cruises, and I knew I was going in 2019, so I submitted it earlier in the year. So... By the time the cruise rolled around, which was 10 months in advance, uh, I submitted, I think I was platinum at Carnival at that time, and I didn't hear anything. So I sent them an email and never heard anything back, and I didn't want to play off or use like any kind of like my name or anything, right. so I just kind of let it go. I was on board. I told guest relations. They're like, yeah, we have no record of you, whatnot. No lie. Last year, congratulations, your equivalent of Platinum on Carnival has been approved. I'm like, that was four or five years ago. <laughs> we could talk about MSC, I'll tell you. I yeah, it's you. interesting. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they have a little bit. No, I, I got to give them the, like the, the, okay, we had the shutdown, but all this was submitted well a year and a half advance of the shutdown. So I can't really, you know. Just real quick on that, Doug. I'm going on MSC here soon. I did send in my Platinum on Carnival. It was like two days, okay. and I did get it back. So they've, they've caught up. That's good to know. So back to Virgin <laughs> sure. now. That Virgin uh, Voyages Terminal there, brand new, about two years old now. How was the process of boarding? And how, I guess we ask, how how digital was it? Where are you having to print out your paperwork, show your passport like we used to have to do? Or is it more in line with like Royal Caribbean now where it's ding, 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 you're on the ship? I tell you. Number one, sustainability. We got to talk about that. But tech, that is another thing that Virgin Voyages is really rocking on. Now, you hear a lot of these people, all oh, the Wi-Fi is wonky once you get on the ship. But if you can get everything done ahead of time, take your selfie, uh, plug all your information in, it is pretty much on your phone. Now, yes, I always print out my documentation just in case you know the person at the desk is having a problem with their iPad or whatever. But, and I recommend that to, to every cruiser, print it out. But yes, I had it on my phone too. And Doug, it all goes back to experience, right? That $200 million terminal that's right across the street from Scarlet Lady. So you're not taking a shuttle to get there. You walk right across and the people are so kind. They're, they're getting you through it. And, it, and the, the, terminal, the terminal itself is edgy. It's nice. It's clean. It's three stories, like 130,000 square feet. It's a beautiful terminal, and from the minute you walk in there, you are immersed in that Virgin Voyages experience, and that's why it really is unlike anything you or I have ever sailed on. Do they have like any kind of? I, I picture Virgin. I think of like bottles of champagne popping. Right? Do they have any like champagne toast or anything happening <laughs> okay. as you're boarding? You're getting ahead of me because the sailway party. You know, I've been to a million of them. Right? This sailway party, free champagne. They are walking on the Lido. It's not the well, we call it the Lido deck, but the deck out there, and they are passing out the free champagne. It was 
a, a sail away party like none other. And, you know, like people on, on most cruise ships, right, they have cruise directors. When you're out there on the Lido deck and we're getting ready to sail away, it was the happenings crew. It's like 10 young, you know, folks out there. They're, they're dancing, they're singing, they're bringing the people into the Virgin Voyages experience. And it was just off the chain. It was just like, boom. So you make your way on board the ship. Right. What were your first impressions of Scarlet Lady? Oh, you know, just like everybody else, you look at all these videos, looking at your videos on cruise radio and everything, and I was kind of prepared, right? But I was totally blown away, first by the the terminal, and then as you're walking down, you know, the, the jetway there, and, you know, they're greeting you, and then when you step on the ship, there's a person there, you know, with a bullhorn, welcome aboard, welcome aboard, and immediately, and I got to touch on this, my daughter and son-in-law went on a Scarlet Lady a couple months back, and... Then we went on Carnival Liberty with the grandkids, and we stepped on Carnival Liberty. Um, my daughter looks at my son-in-law and says, we're not on Virgin Voyages. It's like, <laughs> because it's a total different experience, right? The minute you step on board, you're immersed in the experience, and you get to go right to your cabin. It's not like get away till one thirty, whatever. Like, my boarding time was like, or my check-in time was like 2. I was on the ship by like 2.30, you know, dropped off the stuff, and immediately started having fun. So let's talk about those staterooms. Amazing, because the thing is, they have an iPad in the room that you can change the lights, and you can open your uh, shades to the balcony and uh, order room service. And it's a funny thing about the mustard drill, too, about the tech. You watch this crazy video and, you know, rock and roll singing about the mustard drill. You know, be safe at sea. We're going to be safe. And it's, it's total rock. And then you watch that, and then you go to your muster station. But the cabin, of course, the hammock, right? Everybody knows about that red hammock. It's made in some country with, uh, you know, folks that, you know, are, are making money, you know, doing the hammocks, and they're, they're great. You can buy them. A nice balcony, a great room, plenty of room for everything. You know, a lot of people say it's like kind of Ikea. But again, you know, on the short sailing, I, it wasn't like a transatlantic where I had like a bunch of suitcases. So mm-hmm. pack light. And it was a great cabin, and it, it was very functional, and I loved it. Far as the the space in the bathroom, though, mm-hmm. like you know the typical Holland America Carnival, right. all the ships that were built at Fincantieri, like this one was, was it your typical bathroom design? Yes, absolutely. And of course, the shower, you know, had a rainfall shower in it. It did include in the shower, you know, your uh, conditioner and your shampoo and body wash, which was kind of cool. But absolutely, kind of same if you've been on you know, Holland America or Carnival. You know, your typical stateroom. But again, you know, the tech part of it was the cool part. Everybody talks about that iPad. The other thing I got to talk about too, Doug, my wife always gives me a hard time. Where's your card key? Where's your card key? And a lot of times I'll just throw it on the carpet and say, there's my stupid card key, honey. 39 years I've been married. <laughs> but Doug, they have these um, things around your wrist and they're, um, they're real big on sustainability. So you can turn them in at the end of the cruise so they can reuse them. But you got this wristband thing that not only opens your door, but you can use that for your onboard purchases, even at the Bimini Resort. What if you don't want to use the tech? For instance, okay, when I'm cruising and it's not for work, I'm the, the person who leaves my phone on the charger or in the safe. Like, right. do, you, do you have to use the tech to control things in the stateroom, or can you actually just do things without touching an iPad or, and flipping a switch or whatever? You can do things without touching a switch, but I will tell you, it is 2023, and having your phone you know, to get that QR code to see the menus and so forth really does help. Let's talk about dining. There is a slew of dining, and uh, I've only 
have done this cruise one time and it's just for one night. So right. I get barely got to sample much of it. I think right. I did the wake and the galley when I was on board there. Right. But let's talk about the dining. So we'll start at the top, which they call the buffet the galley. So little, uh, you know, some people say, oh, it's just a buffet with just a little bit of this and that. Others say it's not a buffet. It's more like table service. And someone says it's a table service buffet. So what is your definition? How do you define it? Wow. Well, it's up on deck 15. And the galley, it's their version of the traditional Lido deck. But I've got to tell you, it's not like you just walk up and you get a sandwich or you walk up and get a taco. You can actually sit down at a table. There's this cute little thing. You just flip a little red flag and somebody will come right over to you. You got your phone or you can even just tell them what you want hey i'd like you know a couple tacos hey i'd like a burger hey i'd like hey they got 24 7 breakfast at the galley and so that's what's so cool about it but the variety of food you i mean everything pretty much up there you would ever want all the pastries and the burgers and everything it's just and again, I'll say it a thousand more times. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. And I'll have to give a lot of shout outs to the crew. They are so friendly. They are so nice, which makes it even better. What if you didn't want to raise the flag? What if you just wanted to go up to the taco station and get a taco? Could you do that? Absolutely. hundred percent. You could just walk right up there. And I did that a couple of times too, because I didn't want to bug the, the wait staff. Mm-hmm. I just walked up and said, Hey, you know, I want you know, my 24 seven breakfast, the, the bake, you know, the scrambled eggs, uh, omelet. And uh, it was great. Yeah, I guess I should correct myself. They don't really have specialty restaurants on board because everything is kind of included, right? So let's talk about some of those other restaurants you dined at. But um, one of the popular ones that most people we interview always talk about that really stand out, well, there's two. There's um, Razzle Dazzle and The Wake. But how was The Wake and how was your experience there? On a scale of 1 to 10, I was a 20. Now, what I compare that to is Pinnacle Grill on Holland America line. And Pinnacle Grill, and I know you, uh, look at your stuff. I mean, the steak and the tomahawk steak and all these things that are so good. But I had the filet mignon, which was absolutely perfect. The view back there, Doug, when you're sitting at the back of the ship and you actually see the wake of the ship, but what was really cool, I was on the sailing with my brother-in-law and I see this guy taking pictures with with other people on the in the wake and uh, his wife was taking pictures. And I looked at my brother-in-law, I said, hey, Tim, who's that? That's talk show host Montel Williams. I was like, Oh my gosh. So Montel is starting to walk on. I just stuck my hand out there. And as you may know, uh, he's a Navy veteran. He's mm-hmm. also in the Marine Corps. Yeah. And I stuck my hand out. Hey, Montel, Scott Lara. Uh, great to meet you. I said, I'm a Navy veteran. I know you are too. Hey, nice to meet you too. And he was on board just being a passenger with his wife, but he was so cool. Just like taking pictures with people. He was at the, uh, one of the casino tables. Oh, and before I forget the casino is smoke free. Okay. So, um, he was very cool, very nice. His wife was cool. Um, yeah, it was just the wake. Everyone says the wake is their favorite. I have to agree. It was you know one of my top two favorites. How was the test kitchen? You know, that one always gets kind of lower on the list, and I don't know why. My daughter even said, Dad, don't worry about the ca- test kitchen, but it's part of my job uh, to do this. So I went to the test kitchen. When you walk in, you already the experience hits you. It's this huge, these huge walls that are white and lit up with the periodic table, right? So you're like, okay, I'm like in a laboratory. Everybody's wearing white. And it's, it's kind of a combination of, you know, a laboratory and a restaurant. And you really don't know what you're going to get because when you have that menu, it only has like one word for each course, like corn, salmon, 
beetroot, shrimp. And you're like, well, tell me more. Well, that's part of the mystery of it, right? So you, it's like a pate, the corn thing. And, oh, you mix it up. Oh, this is really good. And all these people are kind of going around, the wait staff, and they're very professional. They're very fun. And you can also have a drink pairing for 35 bucks if you want to do that. But Test Kitchen was a, a real cool experience. With the the test kitchen though, like is it kind of up to the chef to create something out of the corn for that evening or that meal, or is it going to be the same? Like your daughter's sailing, would that dish have been the exact same as your sailing? No, they have these two different menus, and so d- depending on your A menu or B menu, okay. and I think I had a different one that Brittany had, mm-hmm. but still, it's if you're looking for something really new, something edgy, something different. That's what Virgin Voyage is. It's sure. different than everything else. How long of an experience is this? Like I'm thinking of maybe along the lines of uh, like a, a chef's table experience, which is sometimes a little too long for me. Are you in and out and how long on this one? That's a good question because a lot of people on reviews have been saying, oh, it takes two and a half, three hours. That was a concern I had too because this was the first night I was on the cruise and I asked the staff there, hey, how long? Well, it's only going to be an hour, hour and a half. So they were cooking with grease and uh, it was good. Okay. Then you also did... Pink agave. What kind of restaurant is that? I mean, it sounds Mexican if you say pink agave, but uh, how was the food there? And is it just your typical Mexican fare or is it a little elevated? It's a little elevated. It's on deck uh, five, which is right next to guest services or they call sailor services. Again, the experience when you walk right up to it, all lit up. I mean, boom, right there. Um, I had this thing called the Biztec Marinero Escabachi, which is a ribeye steak <laughs> with Osaka cheese and chili and ancho but yeah they have these mexican dishes and they really feel authentic their taste the presentation so pink of god and my daughter said dad you got to go to that one which i did and really enjoyed it and they have a real cool bar right near it where they have a lot of you know fun things going on there you gave me uh, the list of the restaurants you dined and i'm trying to read my writing here <laughs> razzle dazzle it says yeah razzle dazzle again that's kind of a an interesting restaurant again that experience when you walk up to it it's primary uh, vegetarian, and so they're open for dinner and brunch. The one thing that everybody talks about is this bacon. It's the bacon that is just to die for, and it's sweet, and it's crunchy, and it was very good. Uh, Razzle Dazzle is one of my favorites, too. Have you done the bacon on, uh, for instance, like Holland America, the hanging bacon in yes. the Pinnacle Grill? Is yes. it like that? It's like similar the candied? To, it's similar. Yeah, exactly. It's similar okay. to that, but it, it is different, too, and that's one thing. If you, if you go on Virgin Voyages, you got to check out Razzle Dazzle and that bacon. And the last one you had, it was uh, Extra Virgin? Extra Virgin is their Italian restaurant, and the meatballs were off the chain. I also had the spaghetti carbonara, and Extra Virgin, again, the thing is, Doug, you can only go to one restaurant per night. And so now, of course, if you're a seven-day sailing, you know, you, you'll be able to hit a couple of them. But on these shorter sailings, you're only allowed, basically, to go to one. So you definitely want to hit it, hit up each one. And I'm sure if you went to guest services and said, hey, I really want to go to the wake again, I'm sure they'd let you do it. But all the re- And the thing is, it's all-inclusive. Like, when we go on Holland America Line, you know, Conaletto, um, you know, and the other restaurants, you know, Pinnacle Grill, they're extra. The cool thing about Virgin Voyages is pretty much all-inclusive. 
Very cool. Did I miss any other venues? Like, are there poolside venues or like ice cream or gelato venues around the ship that you maybe hit up? Oh, lick me till I scream. Okay, Wait, that, what? Is that, I'm sorry. That's the name I, of it? Yeah, that lick me okay. till I scream. <laughs> the R-rated there, but, you know, chocolate, vanilla, key lime, butter pecan. Again, it's included. And you know when you go on Carnival, you have 30 people in front of you for that uh, soft serve mm-hmm. machine. This is hand scooped. You can have a cup or a cone. Uh, it's really good. And no charge? No charge. Wow. See, that's awesome, because I, I would expect for no charge just to have the soft serve machine. Right. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Very good. Let's talk about entertainment. Um, I know it was only a, a four-night cruise, but were you able to catch any of these shows? Because I, I hear, well, from at least past interviews, that you have, to, you have to lock those in ahead of the cruise, or you might not be able to get a seat. It's absolutely true. And there's two venues they have at the Manor which is the primary nightclub on Deck 6. They have performances. They have DJ, which is cool. And then the Red Room, which is their main entertainment venue. And that could they can change it. Like It can be a huge dance floor. There could be a DJ party, uh, bingo with the diva, ships in the night show. And the shows were great. I only went to a couple of them, and that's also on Deck 6. But what's interesting to me, Doug, was that like, all these girl parties, like six or eight girls, you know, dancing around the pajama party. Uh-huh. And again, it was, you know, G to PG on the pajama party. You have to keep in mind, we were in 30 mile per hour winds. So we couldn't have all these things up on deck. We had to go down to the red room for many of the events, like, you know, the pajama party and things like that. And the, the great shows down there. So it was the shows, the venues. Amazing. Outside of the shows, um, I know they have other venues. They have a really cool, like, um, I think maybe your daughter I saw on on Facebook. She posted like the entrance to the nightclub. It would look like it was like mirrory or I don't know. You tell totally, me. Totally Instagrammable. Yes, I mean yeah. this is the most Instagrammable ship you will find in the world. And if you just look, there's all these places where you can take pictures. Uh, there's these little swings that say like love and breathe and whatever, and so you can sit on these swings. I did see like one of the happenings group had this huge like canvas come on let's color let's color a bird let's color this and everybody was loving it um i gotta talk about the social club and that's where it's like a sports bar they have free hot dogs free popcorn they have foosball air hockey and they have free arcade games you're not putting money in that mario 2 or (laughs) pac-man game or the the racing game thing it's though that's free too that social club is a must and speaking about instagrammable moments on Scarlet Lady, the manor. That is one of many Instagrammable moments when you're walking down this long hallway. It is all lit up. It is sparkly. It is silver. And that's a great place to take tons of pictures. Yeah, I've, the photos I've seen, it looked like that. It's definitely the nightclub really goes off there with the like the professional live DJ with the real gear set up, not just someone with an iPad and a, or an iMac or whatever. 100%. Yeah. I love it. Very cool. So how were the days at sea? Because as we talked at the top of the interview, um, it's supposed to be Key West and Bimini, but you just mentioned there was 30 mile an hour winds. How big were the seas, by the way? Oh my gosh, there were 17, 18 mile an hour seas. And Doug, as you know, I'm a U.S. Navy veteran. And so I was looking at the marine forecast a week before we sailed, and I knew we weren't going to Key West. And the fact of the matter is my daughter, Brittany, was born in Key West. And so I was really disappointed we weren't able to go in there. We diverted over to uh, Nassau, couldn't 
make it, but Bimini was a 10. Were you sailing during all that crazy, like the, the off the coast of Miami had that, that storm, that squall? It yeah. was kind of hanging around and hovering down there in South Florida? Absolutely. And the fact of the matter is, listeners to this show know that hurricane season is what, like June to November? And I'm thinking, okay, November, we're out of the, you know, Matthew and, and all these horrible named stories, storms. Man, it was it was bumpy. It was windy. I mean, people weren't walking sideways down the hall, but mm-hmm. it was bumpy. Which brings us to the sea days because you had an extra one. How was it as far as crowds and congestion? Yeah, that's a good question too. Because the fact of the matter is, on lots of cruise ships, when you have three, four, five, six thousand people, it can be crowded. You know, we were only at eighty percent capacity, so we were not at you know like maybe 2,500, 2,600 people on board, which made it nice. But the congestion, like with the elevators and stuff like that, absolutely not a problem, and everything flowed nicely. Is it a pretty walkable ship, though, as far as the where the elevator banks and where the stairs let you in and out of, like the access points? 100% too, because they really, it's open where, like if you go on some other ships, it can be so tight, mm-hmm. like Carnival Dream and other ships I've been on. And if somebody's got one of those go-go scooters, you know they're going to run over your toes. Yep. So there's a lot of room where you can kind of stand back, let the people come out, and you don't feel crowded at all. Very good. So we'll talk about the, uh, I guess, the one port you did because uh, you only had one on the sailing because of the weather. How was Bimini? And was this your first time there? No, it wasn't my first time there. And it's funny because Brittany, uh, my son-in-law, my two grandsons, and my wife, Marty, went to Bimini via the Carnival Liberty back in August. And Brittany had already been there because she was on Scarlet Lady earlier in the year. And so there's only one ship in port at a time. So it's not like if you're in Nassau and there's five or six ships or Half Moon K, there's two ships. Uh, Bimini is amazing. I am so glad I went there because one ship pulls in, you walk a short distance over to where the free trams are. The trams take you to the beach club. Now, the key is if you're going on Carnival, it's very complex. you got to buy a, a pass. What you get, what you don't get is very confusing. But with Virgin Voyages, the Bimini Beach Club was included. Now, you could use your wristband at the bars for your bar tab for the drinks, but they had a very nice lunch. But the one, And I hate giving this tip because people start listening to it you got to get off the ship early. So many people slow cup of coffee, ponder the day, an hour on Facebook, and by the time you get over to get those chairs either on the beach or by the pool, Caitlin is jabbing Tom and saying, hey, why am I Why am I not a, with my toe in the pool right at the front? Well, you know, Scott Lara and Doug Parker were out there at 9 o'clock, you know, getting those great, now, don't be a deck chair hog, but you get out there early, you stake your place, and but Bimini was amazing. Lots of bars, lots of food. They had a huge party right there at the pool with the Happenings crew, with the DJ. Everything was perfect at, at the beach club. How long were y'all there till? Oh my gosh, I'd have to look. I think we were Was there. it at, at night? Like, because I know they, they always, um, like, everyone was talking about when they, the line first launched was the Bimini Nights or whatever they called it there. Did you experience that with the bonfire on the beach and no, all that? We, we didn't have that. I think we were only there, like, from like eight or nine in the morning to like three or four, if I remember right. But I know, like, with MSC, this cruise I'm going on at Ocean K, they're going to have, you know, a thing at night all lit up at the, the tower, the lighthouse, and all that. But on this sailing, no, they, they did not have that party. But I would love if they did that. You were right when you were talking about how complex it is if you're not on Virgin and you're going to the beach club. Because I remember I've been there three times on other cruise lines. I think Celebrity, Holland America, and um, Carnival. Mm-hmm. And you get the pass, you get mm-hmm. the wristband, right. but and you buy the all-inclusive right. where you can get the drinks and stuff. But you go to one of the bars and you're like, oh, there's only one all-inclusive bar. Right. And it's like 
rock bottom well drinks that I probably drank in college. Right. And I'm like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm right. going to go get a top shelf drink or at least a, a Tito's soda from the regular bar, pay the 12 bucks or whatever. Because, right. and plus, the one bar they do have and everyone buying the unlimited package, the line is so long, you're lucky to even get two drinks for the seven hours you're there. Where it's cool because if you're on Virgin, you could kind of. Can you use your bar credits though? Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. That's awesome then. Yeah, so th- it was great because the thing is, that's where I go back to this all-inclusive. And that's pretty much because I love all-inclusive resorts, right? But this Virgin Voyages is probably the most all-inclusive cruise line I've ever been on because it's like you're not having to think about all the time and then worrying about your bill at the end of the uh, at the cruise. And the other thing is that no tips, no gratuities. And so like you're talking about going to the bar and getting a $12 drink and you look at the very bottom of your receipt, it says, you know, $3, you know, 15% gratuity. You don't see those on, on your receipts, which is very cool. Yeah, it's nice. With um, the food, like when I went there and I'm sure you experienced the same thing. If you go to that little food shack on other cruise lines outside of Virgin, it's $20 for a hamburger, 20 for a hot dog, 24 chicken fingers is it's all included or is there not even food out there how is that well the food they have a shack there at bimini and they have different kinds of foods now the one rock i will have to throw at that and i did leave it on my survey was that it was so slow getting served and from when i talked to one of the people oh we're washing the the silverware and i understand virgin voyages being a 10 with sustainability not wanting to throw away the plastic forks where a dolphin can eat the plastic fork i get that but it took a very long time to get up to the front to get the food and and move on but um and the other tip i want to give you too is that when you're there at bimini do not wait for the last tram get back to the ship earlier because if you wait to the last tram there could be a whole lot of people they're scrambling for the um, the tram to get back to, and it's only like a seven minute ride from the beach club, you know, to the ship. But you definitely number one, get to the beach club early, early, and number two, don't be the last one to leave. And I would say number three, don't try to walk that because no. I no, I did, I tried to walk it um, when I was there with uh, Carnival, and so I was like. You know, you're at the, you're docking, right. and you're and you, you know, can see the beach, right? Right, you see the beach, and right. the beautiful dolphins and the sea turtles right. are everywhere. And like, right. look, it's right around the curve, just <laughs> past the Hilton. So we're start we start walking. We're at the Hilton right off the right out of the gate. Right, I'm like, oh, the Hilton's right here. The beach club's right back here. We were walking right. and walking, and then we get to the guard shack, right? And they say you can only come in and out on a tram, right? So we had to wait for a tram to stop. Everyone looked at us like we were complete jerks and then got on the tram and went into the actual beach club. So, yeah, don't even think you're going to walk it. The other tip I want to give, too, real quick, is like when you're on the tram, right? And if you don't know this, it's going to throw you for a loop. The first stop on the tram is this golf cart place. Mm -hmm. And they say, hey, golf cart, golf cart. And a lot of people on the tram were, oh, do I need to rent a golf cart? I'm alone. I'm afraid. I don't know. And being, you know, a media person like you are, Doug, I said, hey, you don't need to rent a golf cart. Just stay on the tram and they're going to take us to the beach club. You don't need to rent a golf cart. Well, then even on the way back, because I took an early tram getting back to the ship, you know, they stopped there at that stupid golf cart place again. Who wants a golf cart? Who wants a golf cart? And so it's kind of weird, but people have got to know if you're going to Bimini, don't fall prey to that, to the golf cart, guys. So you make your way back on the ship and you're heading back towards Port Miami. Uh, how was your debark process? Oh, my gosh. You know, it was it was absolutely perfect because... You know, I don't know how about you, Doug, but I like to, you know, kind of take my time getting off. I don't want to. And I did have my own bag with me. I didn't like leave it at the front door to have to run down and get it. 
So, yeah, D-Bark was absolutely perfect. Just basically walked off the ship. Uh, I know other cruise lines that remain nameless. I've heard in the news the other day there was a fight breaking out. It was like a three-hour experience trying to get off the ship. But Virgin Voyage, they've got this thing down pat. It is a, a perfect experience getting off the ship. Did you find out how many people were on your sailing? Yeah, it was like 80% of, you know, 30, 3,100, so around 25, 2,600 people, and it felt really good. That's awesome. Very cool. So do you have any first-time tips to offer anyone who may be considering sailing either Virgin Voyages or Scarlet Lady? Oh, my gosh. The first thing is just do your research. I mean, you know, get online, look at videos, look at my videos and Doug's, and you'll see all these these things to kind of. So when you go on board, you're not like totally confused or you're not certain of what's going on, because once you know the locations of these things and also introduce yourself to the happenings crew, because uh, they didn't do it on my sailing, but on Brittany's sailing, you know, hey, we have a secret event. Come with us. And it's something fun. I don't know what it is, but you've got to really do your research so that when you go on board, you feel comfortable because you're in a new environment, you're in a new place, and if you can know those things before you go. And the other tip I want to give real real quick, too, and it's not on Virgin Voyages because, you know, it's adults only. And, Doug, if you were to say, Scott, would you go back on vo- Virgin Voyages? I'd go back today. It's funny because all the reviews we've done since the startup with them in September of 21, they've tweaked it and refined it a little more and more and more where it sounds like they're, they almost are pretty much spot on from what you're saying, at least. Absolutely. It's spot on. Everything is organized from the boarding, from getting on board for, for creating that experience, the crew being on top of their game, welcoming people, everything, debarkation. They've got it down. They got the tech down, everything. All right, Scott, before we hop here, you are the president of MilitaryFairs.com, and uh, I've known you for almost 20 years, so uh, it's kind of weird calling you Mr. President, but uh, what is MilitaryFairs.com? Well, I'm a U.S. Navy veteran, and about five months ago, a gentleman reached out to me and wanted me to be the face of MilitaryFairs.com. It's a website where we give veterans, members of the military, and family members of the military deep discounts. And so I negotiate with cruise lines. I negotiate with hotels, all-inclusive resorts like the Palladium Hotel Group to give great prices for our members of the military. And But the thing is, these are tangible benefits that we're giving to people, Military Fairs. All right, Scott Lara, president of MilitaryFairs.com. Also, Scott, thank you so much for stopping by and uh, checking the studio out. You're only the, let's see, John was the first, Matt was the second, you're the third. What do you think of the place? I love the studio. I know it's basic, it's minimal, but... I love the studio. I watch you all the time and seeing it in in hand uh, first. But we just got to say, if 30 seconds here, how long we've known each other and how far Cruise Radio has come in the 15 years you've been doing it. And I just want to applaud you, not only as a friend, but as an entrepreneur for what you're doing. And I just think it's great and many more years for you to come. Thanks, man. We first met at the radio station when right. I was uh, working there as a news and traffic reporter. Right. You were in sales. You were yep. a sales guy there. Yep. And I guess our first dialogue was about cruising on a Royal Caribbean. I, I think it was like Sovereign of the Seas or something. Right. I said I was going on a bachelor right. party and you were talking about it. And we kind of connected that way. And then when I ran the idea of cruise radio, putting it on one of the radio stations, I remember everyone laughed at me right. and told me it would never work. And I right. say everyone, not you, right. but people in the building, even the bosses, the right. general managers, the program directors, Everyone said it won't work, but here's 30 minutes on Sunday morning. Right, right. And then, wow, yeah, it's been a hell of a 15 year ride. Well, just props to you, Doug, for your perseverance, your entrepreneurial spirit, and for what you're doing. And for this audience that you have, you know, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of it. Appreciate it. It just goes to show you if you have a dream, no matter what people say, 
put blinders on, keep your eye on the finish line, and just keep trucking. Don't let anyone to the left or right sway you. Just keep that straight and narrow path, and you'll eventually get there. It may take 15 years, but you'll get there. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Scott. Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. The world is constantly changing. Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.